Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the guild. Hello, this is Bob from the future. Uh, While he is editing, notice that there are a couple of places where the audio gets a little bit funky and the pitch and speed of my voice change quite a bit. So I apologize for that, but hopefully we will get that sorted out as to why that is happening very soon and it won't be an issue in the future. So thank you very much for listening, and hopefully we will get that problem solved very quickly. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of The Chaos Plan. I am joined this week by Cherno and eventually Fimdir, who will be uh, doing some downtime days in order to catch up before our big charity stream event. So we will go ahead and get started with Cherno on the 24th of planting. Cherno, where we left off with you last time, you had done... What did you do? My notes say I had... Met up with Kor, and learned that he has some sort of patron that is super powerful and evil. The buck responded to him. I know him to be powerful physically and that he likes to eat. I also had been tasked by the Shadow Guild to be get learn more about Danderpin. So far, I know his associates, associates are Fimdir, Thorun, uh, Klein, Barnaby, and Aura. And that he has a steeder in the Merchant Guild stables. And I also need to find out if there's any connection with Cornelius Macaroo. <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh yeah, so that was the long and the short of it. Uh and you're actually mentioned in I think the latest I don't remember if I cut that or not because it was a meta thing. But um yeah, so we will go ahead then and start with that, um, where you had just finished meeting Core, uh, had been given the assignment by the Shadows Guild to watch Danderbin, and are beginning to figure out that there are a lot more powers and forces at work here that are kind of behind the scenes, but that have the potential to be extremely influential in the way Port City is run. So we will go ahead and start on the 24th of planting. You have just woken up either at the Temple's Guild or the Shadow's Guild hideout, whichever you prefer, and we can begin from there. So what would you like to kind of start your day off with? Well, I have to give me half a second to get into the mind of Trinal. Please cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lighting a lighter for you and holding it up to, to help. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> really uh, heat things up. So, I'd start off in the Temples Guild, a little bit more excessively energetic. I've come to realize that Cherno would permanently smell just a hint like sulfur, so probably doesn't make friends the fastest, because we know what else sulfur smells like. Yep. <laughs> but just for fun, I guess, Cherno would probably go to the, you know, cafeteria, make wherever the food just magically shows up, and get some boiled eggs, because he thinks that's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, you are very easily able to, as you head over to the Temple's Guild, kind of cafeteria-type area, uh, it's actually run by a bunch of clerics who worship the aspects of, of hearth, of family, of uh, celebration, that kind of stuff. They all kind of pitch in together. They are led by... <laughs> by uh, Father Ramsey, who is a very stern and accomplished uh, cleric in the food domain. Um, he's been known to be very harsh and use uh, very unpriest-like language when it comes to teaching some of the new acolytes. But in the end, he's he's got a, a real drive and sense of accomplishment and perfection. So you go in, and when you just ask for boiled eggs, he definitely gives you a, a upturned eyebrow. But uh, he makes them, and, or he has his alkalites make them, and he says uh, at their first attempt that this egg is so raw that I expect it to get up and try and cross the road. And then uh, after a while, the alkalite remakes it, and uh, you're able to enjoy your boiled eggs. Excellent. Uh, and I could just see Turno like losing it, laughing hard. <laughs> Especially oh, at the idea that he could just cook it himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just hold a pot of water over your head for a while. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, you're able to get your food and uh, enjoy it and whatnot. You see that there are several other uh, clerics, and the the room is just a, a spectrum of color. Uh, around you like you're in the hardware store looking at all the little paint samples with all the different robes and that kind of stuff around you. So uh, what all would you like to do from there? It would be still fairly early in the morning. You would know that you always have work available to you at the Justice Temple if you should uh, so choose to uh, take up some of the cases there. Otherwise, you are welcome to do some investigation on this Danderbin and this Cornelius and and try and uncover the, the obvious secret plot that is going on there. I say with full meta, knowing that you, you've listened to the episodes. and uh, Or you can try to figure out some of the other major powers that might be kind of behind the inner workings of Port City. Well, it's would have realized that though he's doing a good job for the Justice Temple, he hasn't really made his presence in it, or in the Domain of Knowledge Temple, very well known. And I'm sure the idea of the Shadow Guild being disappointed in him would be weighing on him a fair bit. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to try and be seen in the Knowledge Domain area. Okay. Yeah, you head to the Great Library, and it's, uh, now that we've fleshed it out a little bit more um, in some of the other things, it is a gigantic uh, five-story tall building uh, with hundreds and hundreds of rows of different books and items available. Uh, you would know they'd be separated out by mundane and magical, by uh, then the different schools within the magic uh, and the different subjects within the mundane. While in that Great Library, would you assist with 
the more menial tasks, for lack of a better term, like finding material, putting books back, that kind of thing? Or would you try to do some of the research and help some of the archpriests and whatnot with their own studies and stuff? Always inquisitive and always a big reader. Trinal would probably offer to put the books back because he knows that once he knows where everything is, it's so much easier to get the knowledge you need. Okay. And these would be split up into two different assignments. They would have the magical ones, which are higher risk, uh, because you're obviously dealing with magical tomes and that kind of things. So you're a little bit more closely watched, a little bit more closely guarded, um, and it does it pays a little bit better, but it is much more time-consuming because of all those restrictions. Or the mundane one, where you'll learn more about the regular world and everything like that. It's a pretty easy mundane thing where citizens come to check in and out books, um, but the pay isn't as good. But you're not at risk of being attacked by some sort of celestial creature that is offended by the book you're putting back. So what? which would you want to kind of take a hand at? No risk, no reward. All right. You begin working through some of the magical tomes. And go ahead and roll me 4d12 and give me those numbers individually. All right. I only own three, so you get one repeat. <laughs> All right. Four. Okay. Ten. Okay. Twelve. Okay. Eight. All right. So then, uh, since you had 12 different numbers there, they're all from different uh, subjects of magic. So the first one that you are... (laughs) This one will be fun. The first one that you are being told to put away is a stack of tomes that belong in the Conjuration uh, section of the library, all about different strange magical beasts and creatures and, and in your field, patrons and things like that that can be summoned and communicated with. Uh, so I'll go ahead and let you decide. The stack of books, there's three very notable titles in the stack. What are the two that you first pick up on? Hmm. The Way of the Flaming Turtle. Okay. Dark Packs and You, What You Need to Know Before Signing That Dotted Line. Awesome. All right. Um, Would you read those books at all, or would you just kind of see if you could check out one of them? Because, you know, it's kind of a single basis for magical tomes to keep too many forbidden works from being destroyed in a conflagration by misreading a line. If I can't check it out, I would be sitting down to read the Dark Pax book. All right. Yeah, you you definitely uh, kind of frowned upon you checking it out, but they wouldn't forbid it from you, but you would definitely need to set it down uh, and kind of put it away for the rest of the day. So do you want to flip through it now or save it for the rest of the day and check it out? Oh, he's curious. He's flipping through it right away. Alright, so as you're flipping through it, uh, this dark pack book is definitely on the less than savory side, and you see that there's all sorts of strange demons, not only like devils, but demons as well, so Orcus is alongside uh, Beelzebub and all of those kind of things on how to communicate with those. Uh, though those are very dubious as to why they would be in just a normal tome, so you're kind of skeptical onto those rituals. But there are several rituals in here on um, liches and how liches come to be and how uh, the phylacteries work and how communication can work with an arch lich to gain knowledge and, and those kind of things. So if you wanted to take notes on that, um, I would let you do it, but you would not be able to peruse the third title. Uh, because, you know, you have to put them away in a certain amount of time. Uh, And the third title, the book that you would see is... Roll it up on random creature generator here. 
Ooh. So the third one would be on Elder Dragons and communication with them. I already met one, but I'd probably not make any note of it at this point. I would go into Elder Dragons. Okay, so uh, you're not going to copy down the Lich thing, or? Nope. All right, so you just make note that it's in that that section. Uh, You put all the books back, and uh, you are able to flip through the Elder Dragons. And it does give you a bit of an inside line on what you need to communicate uh, with some of the other dragons and and how their power structure works and whatnot. So I'll go ahead and I'll type all this up for you, and I will give you the choice of which Elder Dragon you want uh, to kind of focus on for your next... uh, kind of communicative deal so you already have uh, the fire dragon so I will let you choose between a earth based dragon um, a water based dragon or the ice dragon um, I don't remember the name off the top of my head uh, I'd have to look it up or a uh, cloud dragon a sky type dragon so I'll let you choose between one of those three and I will send you the entire write up on how to communicate with them uh, after this episode oh that's going to be that's a tough choice alright yeah. so that was very productive. I'm going... So I've been there now for the first part of the morning, I'd imagine. Yes. I will go do some time now at the Justice Temple. Okay. You head your way over towards the Justice Temple. And as you kind of walk through the front doors... Oh, of course, you're paid for your time at the library. You get uh, four silver pieces uh, for the work that you did. Uh, not a whole lot, but it was pretty easy work. Um, especially since you only did the four and you spent quite a bit of time reading. You didn't get quite as much done as you wanted to. Uh, but you get onto the front doors of the Justice Temple and you see that it's a normal busy day there. So, kind of what what would you want to focus on there? Do you just kind of want to get a feel again and kind of have a, a options thrown at you or do you want to investigate a little bit there like Cornelius Schmackaroo or what would you like to do there? Uh, I guess the top two things Trenna would be doing is, number one, following up on the cases he assisted with in the past, as well as the one he didn't. Oh, yes. And the second is, yes, ears open for anything about Danderbin and Cornelius. Okay. Um, so with the cases that you did before, they were pretty much resolved, except for, uh, you already heard that the Fire the Fighters Guild and the Fire Islands uh, all kind of worked out those differences. Um, the murder trial. It was found out that uh, the red dragon emissary was eventually found to be innocent of the crime of uh, assassinating the emissary from the white dragon and it was finally decided that mostly because of your influence in in describing that you know it wasn't really the prerogative of the uh, dragonborn from the fire islands to assassinate the white dragon uh, emissary. It would be pretty obvious that they would be the first suspect. And so it was determined with your influence that um, the Red Dragon was, Belagos's uh, emissary was innocent of the crime. And as such, you would gain one additional packed point uh, that you can just kind of hold on to and call in later. Basically a favor point with your patron. So you can call that in at a later point. Either I'm that or... A, fa- a favor with Balagos. Yes, either that, or I will let you turn that one favor with Balagos into two favor points with the Temple's Guild. Mm. With the Temple's Guild, you can turn in those favor points to eventually increase your rank, or you can use those favor points to like recover hit points um, in a bind, or re-roll, like turn a 19 into a 20, 
um, or save yourself from a critical fail, that kind of thing. Let's do that one. I actually don't know if I have the book on the Temple Guild. Ooh, so. yeah, I will send you that PDF after we get done with this. No worries. So yeah, I will do that. Okay, yeah, you turn in those two favor, or you get those two favor points uh, with the Temple's Guild, so go ahead and mark that down on your sheet somewhere, and uh, you can use those at a later point. So, uh, let's see, the one that you didn't do, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. I have uh, it right here. Give me just a second. Yeah, since I'm at work, I don't have my notebook in front of me. No worries. Uh, there was the slavers who thought they could sell slaves in Port City, but the slaves were captured. Discussion of who owns oh, them. Yes, that's right. Uh, the slaves ended up being uh, forced to go into slave labor, but it was eventually decided that within one year of service, they would then be released back and uh, be full citizens again. Because while they were technically illegally captured, slavery is such a gray area in the world that it just the luck of the draw for lack of a better term they were captured by slavers thus they are slaves despite the fact that they were full citizens before that uh, but they were granted that after one year of service they would be released instead of a longer sentence which is a much more significant debt uh, slavery in Arcadia is usually uh, you sell a certain amount of time to pay off your debts is kind of how slavery works in this world uh, so it's more indentured servants than f lifelong slaves so that is what ended up happening with that case alright so then, uh, information on Cornelius Schmackeroo. Um, what would you ask the Justice Temple? Uh, any reports of him? I've got... I've been hearing word about him on the streets, but nothing substantial. So I'm just trying to figure out what is true, what's not. Okay, yeah. The um, individual that you approach, he says, well, it's a little bit odd, this Cornelius case. It... it we don't have any concrete reports that anything has been stolen by him, but he claims to have stolen items and then returns them to their owners. As of yet, none of the owners have uh, refuted this claim, but we are getting more and more reports of strange occurrences happening. Uh, our, one of our temples, our commerce temples, which would basically be a bank in meta terms, uh, there was an elf, uh, elven man who was defaulting on his farm loan, but Cornelius showed up and claimed to have stolen a vast amount of gold from the man and then threw it in his face and ran out of the temple. Uh, they were so shocked by the gold that nobody took off after him, but uh, he did claim to have stolen this pretty vast sum from this farmer, and if that's true, we've got a, a very demented uh, criminal on our hands. Other than that, the only real reports that we have are of strange occurrences of, of random beggars all of a sudden showing up with, with a couple of gold pieces. We assume that the beggars had, of course, pickpocketed them, but they have never done so yet they claim to just have been given it by by this Cornelius so we're not sure if he's pickpocketing and passing it off to throw us off of his trail or exactly what's going on uh, all we know is we'll be taking him a lot more seriously as this is kind of becoming a serial uh, offender uh, type case well Turno would kind of start like put a finger to his lips and start thinking and kind of muttering humming to himself and be like so has anyone checked to see if this gold is cursed or anything 
has a tracker on it, anything like that? Yeah, the gold uh, that was given to the Elven Man uh, was immediately checked, of course, by the uh, Temple's Guild there to make sure that it was all real gold, and of course it was. Uh, all minted, port city, standard gold. So it's not, not like a long-term scheme. Weird. Possibly a man with a guilty conscience? That's what we're very unsure of. This is a strange case, as most criminals don't end up giving their coins back. We're a little bit one, we're wondering almost as if this is kind of an adrenaline rush, uh, a, a proof that he's the best criminal and can go anywhere and get anything without anybody noticing, uh, because the farmer himself had not claimed to have known that the gold was missing. Uh, same thing with all of uh, the beggars that we talked to. We haven't had any reports of mass pickpocketing. Uh, so we're very unsure of what's going on. We'll be taking uh, his case a lot more seriously, and we're considering employing the Fighters Guild to help uh, throw some more patrols out there just in case he does show up. We're a little bit worried that if he is able to rob this much money from people and they don't notice it, that that he may have bigger goals in mind, and this may be just to throw us off. Petty theft to cover up a really, a really big heist that's coming. Fair. Does he have a usual place where he shows up? Unfortunately not. He seems to be giving beggars coin mostly in the docks and commons dist- or docks and cauldron district, but that also has the largest population of beggars. So we don't know if that's causation uh, or simply a coincidence. Uh, we're we're still trying to determine that. We did hear though that there was recently a very large sum of money donated to an orphanage that I believe you were mixed up in. Uh, this was done by apparently a elderly halfling man, which uh, Cornelius has been known to uh, take the guise of. So we're we're very unsure as to whether or not this would be another uh, occurrence of Cornelius stealing funds from the orphanage before the chaos happened and then returning them or if this is some sort of ulterior motive. So you said he takes Cornelius is taking the guise of an elderly halfling? Uh, he, he appears to be a halfling. We know that Cornelius is definitely a halfling but he's very very spry and physically fit and so it's very odd that he would take the guise of an elderly halfling but um, that is a very unassuming uh, guys to take if you are going to be a criminal. Nobody suspects the elderly to be involved in that. Fair. Does the, is there an alias or a name for this elderly halfling? Unfortunately, we have been unable to identify the name of any of his aliases. Just Cornelius is all we know. Alright. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'll give him I guess uh, two silver. Okay, uh, he shakes your hand. And he says, "Thank you very much. Uh, this will uh, help go a little ways to keeping troop for keeping some of our justice clerics on the case. Uh, it's definitely starting to wear on us, and we want to catch him before the Shadows Guild gets their hands on him. Nobody has reported seeing their symbol, uh, their symbols uh, on him, so we're we're hoping he is yet unaffiliated. Well, if you hear more, keep me in the loop. I will be sure to do that. Thank you very much for your time. No problem." All right, so after that, uh, what would you like to do from there? It's so hard not to play this meta. Uh Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) And I'm trying to remember what is just Danderbin's donations and being altruistic and what is Cornelius's contributions to all of it. It's hard to keep it straight. All right, so what time about is it now? Uh, I would say probably by this point in time, after dealing with all that you've done, it would probably be early afternoon, getting towards supper time, but not quite. So like 3, 4 o'clock or so. 
Well, to keep the relationship building, I'm going to go start trying to scout out a few of uh, Danderbin's friends. So I'll go back to the market, and I'm going to send another old goat towards the good old Steeder. Okay. Stable hand says, oh, this is greatly appreciated. I, I know it's not the easiest to get your hands on livestock, especially here within the city, and I will let uh, Master Common Horn know that uh, you're the one that's sending them. Thank you so much. I just, I'm hearing a lot about Danderbin, and I just want to make an introduction, so I figure let's get in his good books. Yeah, I know he's been very busy uh, being out and about at the moment. Uh, it's hard to catch him anymore, but I'm sure he'll be back eventually. I'm sure. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, 24th of planting. Okay, yeah, you're still good. It would be tomorrow that it would be gone. So, yeah, you're fine yeah, now. That's what I figured. Um, and then I'm going to look out, try and find any of his... Like, I've met Thor... It's Thorin? Thorun? Thorin, yes. Thorin. Uh, the blacksmith. I've met him. I haven't come across Klein or Aura or Fimdir. Okay. So, um... Yeah, uh, since Finbeer's here, obviously, uh, we'll have her jump in uh, tomorrow. And if you wanted to go to your Shadows Guild contacts, you could uh, try and look up some information on where those people are staying. Or, uh, since she's not here, and technically uh, tomorrow in the uh, real world is her last day, um, you probably won't get a chance to meet her. Thorun, you've met before. Klein during that day. Klein was just working on uh, his normal stuff. So, yeah, we'll skip on Klein for right now as well. But um, I'll let you, if you want to go to the Shadows Guild, I'll get you information on where everybody is staying at and uh, kind of general details on them if you wanted. Let's do that and give a little report same time. Okay, so you head back over to the uh, Shadows Guild main headquarters down in the cauldron, and you are able to uh, give your report on what you learned with Cornelius and uh, the inner workings, some of what the Justice Temple is dealing with, uh, that kind of a thing. And they are definitely appreciative of the work that you've done uh, and tell you to keep up at it. Um, your guise as a cleric gives you a certain amount of deni- plausible deniability when it comes to a lot of the crimes that are being committed and, you know, information gathering. Everybody talks to the priest. Nobody suspects him of, you know, talking about it. So yeah. you are able to kind of gain a little bit of rep there. Uh, no favor points yet, but we're getting to that point. For information on all of the friends, I will go ahead and let you choose two of them to get information from or information about today. Uh, just because meta-wise, I know it's going to pay off. Let's <laughs> do Fim Deer. And oh, what a good choice! <laughs> and Klein. All right, you would know that Fim Deer has been staying in an inn in the Elven District, and that she is one that's very difficult to keep track of. Uh, she is very spatially aware of where she's at and so it's very hard for scouts to really pin down her location uh all they really have on her history is that she is a scout from the feywild or not from the feywild from fayport and seems to have dealings with some portal business down there and a uke named hanier that was uh investigating it and that was kind of her last notable thing she did before uh coming this way. Other than that, she seems to have grouped up with Danderbin and some of the other adventurers in that party, but has yet to make a guild affiliation anywhere. And then who was the second one? 
Klein. Klein, that's right. Uh, you would know that Klein is very eccentric. Uh, he seems to speak nonsense a lot of the time. Nobody's quite sure of what he's saying. Uh, everybody is also very unsure as to what he is exactly. He is classified as humanoid other. Uh, he appears to be human, but is definitely not. Um, but they aren't able to dictate what he is exactly. You would know that contacts within the Mages Guild have said that even the voice of the tower is very wary as to what could happen if he cuts loose, but they have a feeling that it's not a reasonable threat. Other than that, he seems to have decided to do some sort of crazy work with some stargazing or something along those lines. He seems to be obsessed with the the stars and the celestial bodies. Oh, and then obviously he's a Mages Guild member and has a very close friendship with Barnaby Hardcastle. Close friendship with Barnaby. Correct. Okay. Oi, you just tested how fast I can type. Um, <laughs> I'd do my best. Cool. So, Thimdir seems less like someone that's going to be a hard one to kind of nail down and find. So, I'm going to go... Maybe look up a little bit about the stars in, back in the clerics in the knowledge domain library. Just enough that I could start to have a conversation. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you're able to find a book, check it out. It's in the mundane section. Or would you try to find one that's uh, like the astrologian and fortune telling and divination version? Based on the information that he's building some sort of telescope, um, I would do the mundane. Okay. Yeah, so then you're very easily able to check out a book with um, basic knowledge on the stars, and it has a very good chart on the inside of the starscape itself, which I, reminder, Klein, I do have to work with you at some point to actually draw out that starscape and constellations. Note to self in here. Um, <laughs> so it would have a star chart on the inside that would be pretty easy to copy down if you wanted to copy down with the names of the major constellations. Absolutely. All right, so with a couple hours of work that evening and some parchment, you're very easily able to plot out uh, that diagram and get a basic knowledge of the constellation names, their position relative to this time of year, as well as their uh, uh, positioning relative to the first of the year, um, okay. which is kind of where the star charts are based off of. Perfect. It's, so yeah, I'm going to guess it's fairly mid-evening, late-evening now. Yeah, yeah, at this point, you would have definitely been burning candles for a while. All right. Okay, so then would you like to call it a night for the night? And then real quick, uh, what uh, tattoo do you, or I mean, uh, what patron are you currently attuned to? Raven Queen still? I believe, yes, it would be the Raven Queen, just because the last person I made into a patron was the elf. That's right, okay. Yeah. Alright, so then uh, the next morning I will go ahead and start off with Cherno and then Fimdir, I will uh, will start figuring out what you were doing. So, Cherno, what would you do upon waking on the 25th of planting now? So, hoping to get a chance to run across Fimdir, I would get up as early as, you know, humanoidly possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the sun is still about a half an hour away from rising then and head over to the Elven District to what looks to be, given her reclusive nature, like an out-of-the-way bakery, something like that, where you get breakfast. 
Elven District would be outside of the West Road, so you would know that it's right between the Cauldron and the Government District, and the Government District catering to the very sophisticated and oftentimes Elven uh, delegates. There would be a couple of very nice bakeries right on the inside of the gate before you hit the Elven District. Would you wait there, or would you actually go into the Elven District itself? I'll probably wait there, because I feel like a fire and tenacity would raise a little too many eyes. <laughs> Probably. Okay, so you are right next to some of the emissary halls and whatnot, and there's a, a couple of bakeries and whatnot that are actually inside those areas. And the, in the inside the elven emissary hall, there is uh, an elven baker and uh, winery and all that kind of stuff. So you are able to... Uh, Kind of take a seat there, and you can see right at the gate where it goes into the Elven District. And being as it is right before dawn, they would just be opening up the doors of the uh, bakery itself. So you're able to kind of seat yourself there. Would you ask any questions, or just kind of wait until you see Fendir? Since I have no idea what she looks like, I would have to ask some questions to get some sort of idea. Okay, yeah, and they would have given you a general description at the... Um, Shadows Guild as to what she looks like. Um, but realistically, I hate saying stereotypically, but um, stereotypically, uh, being as she's a wood elf, it would be uh, brown colored hair, uh, it would be slight of frame, um, and the typical elven features that you think of, but I'm sure they would be more descriptive, being as they'd be used to describing elf to non elf people. Uh, so, yeah, you're able to get a pretty decent description from them as to Fimdir. All right. All right. So, Fimdir, you are waking up the morning of the 25th. It's right after you helped uh, Thorun and Aura investigate some of the disappearances that have been occurring. You would not have had a whole lot of excitement uh, other than that as far as after you return. Uh, the Elven District is a little bit removed from many of the the worries of the inner city itself. So what all would you like to do in the morning after awaking? <sighs> um, well, first things first, we eat. That's not exactly too complex, but um, the first thing I'd very much like to do is go through my morning routine. I go through my arrows, make sure they're all there, equip my gear, right, and I will go through my usual scouting room. I climb up into the roof and I just start moving moving along to take the longest path I can through and around the city. All right. You uh, wander through the Elven District, through the temporary camp that's sitting uh, right there uh, before the gate. Would you actually go into the gate or would you kind of do an outside loop before entering into the city itself? Oh, probably a bit of a loop. All right. So you go all the way around the outside of the uh, city. Dawn has just broke uh, as you get back past the portal trees there right by the Westgate Road and uh, enter into the city there. Uh, I know you and Danderbin have met on numerous occasions in a nice little bakery that's just inside the gate. Would you uh, stop there again for something to eat? With the possibility of Danderbin going there? Uh, you're unsure. Uh, you're pretty sure, though, that the giant steeder parked out front would be a pretty decent indicator if he's there, and you do not I see mean, a giant not... steeder. Oh, oh he's yeah, not there? You okay. No, you do not see a giant steeder out front of that bakery that you have stopped at before. But there's a chance, so I'm going to move on. 
<laughs> okay, uh, you move on past the bakery, and Cherno, you see somebody that matches the description of Fimdir. Well, at least you think you see them, but uh, it, it's very difficult to uh, keep your eye on them. They have this very... I don't want to say intriguing because that's not the right word for the cloak, but they have a cloak on that makes it very difficult to hold your attention to them. I, I find this most significant thing is how insignificant that she's trying to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That w- I'm sure that would have come up from the Shadow Guild, so that's exactly why Cherno was waiting. <laughs> it's like, who can I not look at? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you don't look at them directly. You look kind of past them, so that in your peripheral they appear. Because I feel like it's effectively, it's like you can't, it's like staring at the sun like you want to sometimes, but it just doesn't work and your brain's like no so that's what i was waiting for was who can i not hold my attention okay so then you see uh fimdir pass or at least who you assume to be fimdir uh pass by uh would you immediately get out and follow would you try to hail them what would you do um see if i can kind of follow them with my eyes more than just actually moving Okay. Uh, Fim, would you uh, just continue on through the city, or would you kind of do a spiral pattern, kind of circling around the outside before actually hitting the inside city? There is no coherent pattern to this. Okay, so then... Yep, so then you kind of head up towards the government district, weaving in and out of some of the buildings, and then around the Nobla district, commons, cauldron, and then to the inside where all the temples, or where all the guilds and that kind of stuff are. Um, That would be kind of the least populated route uh, before getting to the most populated. So uh, you see who you appear to, uh, who you think to be Fendir, kind of cut through the government district, going by the Elven uh, Emissary Hall, and kind of skirting around where, you know, the... Uh, let's see, elemental protection stones are, and um, cutting through the grove, uh, which would be kind of the only real natural spot in Port City, one of the one of the few green spaces within the city. Uh, and then you would have to obviously get up and follow in order to continue perceiving. <laughs> I would... No noticeable pattern, so it doesn't look like it's a circle, so walking in a straight line won't help me. I will do the opposite direction as Fimdir. Okay. So then you cut down uh, through the cauldron area, kind of weaving your way through some of those, uh, I don't want to say poor districts, but the cauldron is kind of a mix of individuals. So you're able to cut through the stalls, the homes, the winding areas. Uh, You work around, uh, let's see here, into the commons, which is more homes and whatnot, and then you would probably meet Femdir again between the commons and the noble district. Uh, that would be kind of the halfway mark. Uh, the mo- noble district, Femdir, you would know is mostly, I don't want to say stereotypical suburb type mansions, but giant lawns that serve no bio purpose other than just to look pretty flat open landscape lawns with large mansions uh, other than the environmental controlling type crystals that kind of create a weather dome over the city itself other than that it's a very open spot so I'm assuming Fimdir would be a little bit uncomfortable with all this just empty around her so she would probably cut through the noble pretty quick Uh, I'm not too uncomfortable but yeah I'm gonna move on okay so you're able to move through at your usual pace, and um, right as you get to that road that leads out the south gate, you see a person in front of you with 
flaming blue hair and kind of or would you have your hood up Cherno? nope not hiding myself at all <laughs> okay you would see uh, somebody that has flaming blue hair kind of a look and appears to be you know maybe not spotting you and like you know searching you out but definitely has the intent of, of somebody with a purpose and go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and say you're probably perceptive enough you would have noticed the same blue flaming individual sitting at a bakery that you have stopped at with Danderbin before I or I, I guess that Danderbin invaded <laughs> if it's any indication I have a passive perception of 18 oh yeah you would definitely be able to spot a flaming person <laughs> what's that blue flame that smells like rotten eggs <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So you would see them standing kind of in the road uh, facing you. Uh, and then Cherno, you would see Femdir uh, with the with the gray cloak. Uh, and I see say it would see kind of with air quotes around it because, you know, the gray cloak. But uh, yeah, so what would you guys do? I would kind of do a wave and hold up a pack, like some of the, the food from the, the bakery, like packaged. Kind of like a, look, I have food. Stop and talk with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fimdir, you see a strange blue flaming person waving a bag of bakery items at you. <laughs> Is he trying to so- solicit me? I'm very confused. Cherno, what what would your attitude be? Just kind of jovial, casual, you know, hey, I'm purposefully trying to get your attention kind of a thing? Very much like, come eat with me at the very least if I can stop her long enough to maybe talk with her secondary purpose is to get enough of familiarity to be able to use locate object. Ooh, okay. Because I might have a better chip. Because it just says I have to be familiar. With her running around all the time, it's very hard to do that. But if she were to stay still for any moment... (laughs) Okay. How far is he away from me? I don't know. How uh, far would you stop and wave, Cherno? Honestly, within eye shot, but... Whatever that means, because she's running around on roofs, and I'm walking on the ground. <laughs> okay, yeah, then however you would be kind of patrolling, uh, this would still be on your side, uh, Lydia. It would be very large mansions, and there would be kind of a road in between the Noble District and the Commons District. And right along that road, Cherno, you would have just cut through some market stalls. So you would be kind of more heavily... Uh, crowded around you with the road in between you and then Fimdir there would be like I said the very pristine lawns right behind you so I'd say probably with the road uh, between 40 and 50 feet away okay I'm gonna start getting closer let's get down same level I'll I'll start approaching him but as soon as I'm within 30 feet (laughs) (laughs) I'm um going to go ahead and uh use my mist thread as part of my cloak to cast (laughs) misty step and so teleporting 30 feet behind him and he has to make a wisdom saving throw (laughs) okay so Cherno you see Fimdir kind of hop down right at the edge of the road and the road would be about 30 feet across and then all of a sudden flip flip you just missed and you have to make the wisdom saving throw so that's going to be really funny because as soon as she was near, like at 30 feet from me, I was going to misty step to her. 
So, so what happens is you both stare at each other. Cherno, you step right onto the pavement, or I guess, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say pavement. Um, the pavement of the road. And Fimdir, your first step onto the pavement of the road. And all of a sudden, Cherno, you are at the other side of the road looking at these open expanse of lawns and mansions. And Fimdir, you're looking at these market stalls and people all the way around you that some of them looked like they were looking at you, but then all of a sudden you just get back to their work. And you both kind of look around, unable to spot the other. And then I still gotta do that wisdom save, but that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> ooh, I probably fail it. Uh, Eleven. <laughs> on a yep, that's failed. On a failed save, the creature forgets all memory of having seen you for the last minutes. All right, so you um, remember cutting through the market stalls, and then you were pretty sure that you would meet Fendir right about here. Uh, and for some reason, you misty stepped, but. You couldn't remember why. Maybe the road was really crowded, but, you know, looking around, you don't see too many wagons. So you're not sure why you used Misty Step, but uh, you're, you're standing on the other side in the Noble Districts, and you're pretty sure Fimdir should be here or getting here very soon. Then we go hit its elf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's uh, going to be a 26. Okay. Fine. I'm going to go ahead and try and use Locate Object on that robe. Okay, um... So you just have to be familiar with it, but... As long as you've seen it up close within 30 feet at least once. I, I would... Mm-hmm, go ahead. I was just going to say, I would know that why I misty stepped, even though I can't remember running across her, I know I'd have misty stepped to get closer to her or to see her or something like that. I, I wouldn't yeah. remember seeing her. I'd know why I misty stepped, but I don't remember actually seeing her. And the bakery would be kind of right on the path that um, Fimder would have walked by. So I'll go ahead and say, give me a luck check to see if the spell's actually going to fire off. Just needs to be a 10 or higher. It, it, it is not. It is not. Okay. <laughs> you cast Locate Object, and you you get this tingle in the back of your head that, you know, you know what it is, but uh, you just mustn't have been quite as familiar as you thought you were. Um, and so it just doesn't quite go off. And Fimdir, you totally lost in the uh, market stall. Uh, the people that are, of course, right near you see you, you know, pull your, your hood up or whatever. Uh, you stealth kind of away. But other than the people that were directly there when you tried to stealth and hide, nobody's really paying attention to you as you weave your way through the crowd. This is literally just a pride thing. Fimdir finds you, you don't find Fimdir. And I'm going up to him now. <laughs> Ooh, just... okay. So I will sneak up behind him and I'll tap him on the shoulder. Okay, this is going in a different direction than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a hide-and-seek game. So, Cherno, well, you get tapped on the shoulder. Well, yeah, it kind of is. Cherno <laughs> um, would not do well with that. One second. <laughs> I like to think that all of a sudden the flames just <laughs> rocket out yeah. the top of your hair as you jump. <laughs> That's exactly what happens, and I produce flame out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, just gonna hold it in your hand, or are you gonna randomly yeah. fire it? Okay, nope. Hold it in my hand. Like what the hell just happened? <laughs> okay. So, so Fimdir, yeah. what would you do now that you have his attention? I, I wipe off the wily Cody uh, soot from my face, just from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, hello! I couldn't help but notice one of your description has been attempting to trail me and yes i really should have thought about what i was going to say more to you 
I had this whole thing planned in my head for it was gonna be looking for me, you know? Like, who are you? Oh no, I know who you are. <laughs> don't worry, Cherno, you don't need an insight check to hear the smug when she says, attempt to trail me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, know you, you were with those people at Chernobyl. No, that's not it. <laughs> Very close. Very close. I'm sure you ran across uh, Kor to get that name. Cherno just shakes his head because he could. Kor could not say his name right at all. Uh, or no, not Kor, uh, Seth. Yes, Arpeggio, yes. Yes, Arpeggio kept calling him different names, including Chernobyl. Um, <laughs> so Chernobyl's just going to immediately, like, change face, like, cl- close his hand, remove, get rid of the produced flame, and just, like, put on a smile. Be like, yes, I've been trying to find you. I have been told to get in contact with Dandervin, and that you were the person they said had met with him before. But um, you are not an easy one to find. Yes. By intention. Um, I do have a question, though. Why would somebody be willing looking for Dandavan? They hear of his good deeds and want to talk to him about it. Ooh, uh, well, I guess, yeah, that is true, so I don't think deception is needed. Oh, are we talking about the same person? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I was part of the orphanage gone show, and... I was told that Dannerbin has done a great deed for them, so I just wanted to meet him to say thank you, and I will roll a deception on that. Okay. Dannerbin. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) Don't worry, it's contested with insight, so... (laughs) Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm sure yours is really high, because you got wisdom. Mine's a 19. Oh, nice. 17. Oh, okay, yeah, then you 100% believe him. And and the uh, orphanage event would have definitely made, you know, a lot of ripples throughout. Well, I guess I've already said that there's a newspaper here. So, yeah, you would have heard about the orphanage. There was an attack there, some sort of demonic hag-type creature. It was impersonating the matron of an orphanage, and uh, a bunch of adventurers were uh, all mixed up in that affair, but they eventually were able to bring down this hag, but there was significant damage to the structure of the orphanage itself. Right. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not too sure how much help I could be to you, as I am not currently aware of Dandavan's present location. Well, that's not a problem. I, From what I hear, it's good to be friends with his friends, so do you mind if I just kind of hang out with you and learn a little bit more about this jovial halfling? Hang, hang out? Be in your presence for a time. Oh, I, that's now you're still sounding more elven. <coughs> um, I mean, I guess. I'm not. Hmm. I'm just kind of looking you up and down, just kind of really unsure. <laughs> yeah, he definitely stands out amongst the crowd, but, you know, it, it wouldn't be that uncommon for. Uh, you know, because of how much noise was made about this orphanage, it probably wouldn't be that uncommon that people would be, you know, like reporters and uh, other people that are possibly trying to fund different social projects and whatnot to try to get into contact with somebody that had made a large donation. So it probably wouldn't be super uncommon, Bayport being a fairly altruistic city, but you know, he definitely stands out as an oddity here, though. You're not exactly very subtle, are you? Ah, uh, no. 
I choose to make my presence known and make friends quickly. And I find I don't usually run into trouble that way. Right. Okay. Well, you have my attention, then. Um, if, if there's more information to be gleaned from whatever it is you have planned, then I will follow along. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, we're right near the market district, right? Uh, no, not the market district, but there are market stalls around you. You'd be uh, right inside the commons district, so this would be mostly uh, grocers uh, and uh, home supplies, that kind of stuff. You'd have to go further into the city in order to get to the merchant guild itself. Well, why don't you... How about we go sit down at the nearest Sundos and uh, grab a drink? Yes, I intentionally did Star versus Sun and Doe versus Buck, but whatever. Just <laughs> look perplexed. It's... I thought they were an Elven brand of uh, coffee and tea and small <laughs> treats. Is this a, a, a very prolonged attempt to to attempt to court me? I'm very confused. <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I find food is the easiest way to, you know, talk. And you were just... to say a woman's heart, weren't you? I saw that. <laughs> I promise I steal nothing. Hmm. Well, very well. Perfect. And I don't have to roll a deception on that because I actually don't steal anything. <laughs> You'll be fine. All right. So then you're able to find a spot to uh, get a drink and uh, sit down and whatnot. And, um,. Yeah, would you be kind of listening out? Either one of you be kind of listening, uh, paying attention to what's around you, or would you mostly be focused on the other person, uh, Fimdir, making sure he's not going to, like, set the table on fire when he touches stuff, and, uh, you know, making sure she doesn't just, like, flip the hood up and disappear? What would you kind of be doing? I would be making, like, as best as I can all attention on her, because she's so hard to focus on. Okay. Oh, I'll take off the cloak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay and Sorry. then would you be mm-hmm. this is just apologizing about that it's a special cloak it's um in yes sorry um i'm i'm a bit obviously distracted because especially with like the passive perception i have i'm constantly paying attention to my surroundings and the conversations people have been having and where they're going Okay, awesome. I was hoping so. So you are able to, while you're um, sitting there and, you know, you're getting a drink made up and uh, uh, obviously uh, very, um, trying to think of a stereotypical barista. Um, so you're, you uh, see that there is a warlock that is uh, currently putting the drinks together and you can tell that they're uh, a warlock of the gray portrait uh, because they have this rather than a normal packed weapon, they have a very large paintbrush-looking thing on their back, and they're able to, uh, you know, draw up these fancy designs and make them real. Uh, So they're able to draw out with this very large paintbrush a cup of uh, whatever you want, Uh, but you got to make sure that you're saying grande, not tall, otherwise they get upset about that. Uh, So you are able to um, get your drinks and whatnot, and this this artsy warlock uh, is definitely got an attitude about it, but you're able to uh, get Gosh, your drinks. I can tell their name is either Skylar or Tyler. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> I know both of those people, and they're both art baristas. Uh, or, oh yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, 
yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, you are able to get your drink. And as you're listening to um, some of the conversation just kind of uh, remotely, you definitely hear that there's a lot of, you know, the disappearances you heard about. Um, you investigated the one or the two, I believe, with Aura and Thorun. You're hearing that they're, they're happening a little bit more frequently than is... Uh, not that any of them were comfortable, but it's it's happening a little bit more often than what was originally thought of. And even the other patrons are not as chatty as they usually are. They they talk a little bit about, oh, God, did you hear a noble disappeared this time? The city might actually finally do something about it. You know, they've been pretty lax when it happens to common folk. But now that a noble's, you know, now that one of the, the noble lightborns is gone, maybe they'll, they'll really start investigating, uh, so on and so forth. So you're hearing some rumblings and disquieted remarks about people disappearing. My favorite thing about this is I don't think Cherno's noticed or heard anything about th- the disappearances. Nope, not yet. You would. And, he, uh, and with his passive perception of 11, he still hasn't. <laughs> exactly, yes. You are way too focused on the fact that this cup of coffee that you got was supposed to have two shots of espresso, and you're pretty sure it only has one. <laughs> <laughs> where is the extra cinnamon (laughs) i know right Uh, what all would you do upon hearing that fim here would you comment on it bring it up to cherno or just kind of hold that in your pocket for right now i don't quite trust this guy well i know he could be the person behind it all i mean you did see him misty step and you know disappear and reappear kind of out of nowhere only really dodgy people, Misty Stip. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I do dodge a lot. Anyway, um, we've just been kind of sitting here awkwardly for the past 30 seconds. Is one of us going to say something? <laughs> Trino would just like snap back in attention. Sorry, sorry, yes. This coffee was something. <laughs> Alright, uh, Cherno, one thing you would notice um, is that I just got done remembering that you are the warlock pack maker maker uh you would notice that there are a lot of warlocks that you have seen um using their skills a little bit more randomly than you would expect like the gray portrait you can identify that this warlock has got some unique abilities but you're not exactly sure where those abilities came from or what kind of it means uh and with Fimdir here you can tell that that cloak has definitely got almost the feel of a pact about it uh, like it's a little bit more sentient than a magic item would normally be but not necessarily a pact item itself at least uh, Femdir I believe it's like um, I don't want to say like a learning cloak but it kind of cloaks you all the time even without you having to consciously think about it you're always just kind of hidden almost like it's hiding you protecting you from that kind of thing it's made of it's, it's basically woven of mist from the Feywild it is uh, very intentionally meant to get people lost within it, and so it becomes very useful when trying to be hidden. Exactly. So you would get the feel from this item that it's almost got a, a living aspect to it. It isn't a typical gauntlet of odor strength that's always powerfully strong to this degree. It's got kind of a subtle shift about it, a lot like a packed item would. Hmm. Speaking, I would point towards the 
cloak since she's removed it, but I can't actually look at it and be like, that is quite the cloak you have there. Handy for getting around the rooftops, I imagine. Oh, yes, very handy. It is um a, a, a bit of a, a, um, a, a treasured secret of my particular organization. Organization? Like, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a part of it. I, um, I handle scouting and various elements of diplomacy and um, task management for um, the Pathfinder Conclave back from Fable. That's so interesting. And, like, Cherno actually pulls out his notebook and is starting to write down some of these things because he hadn't really heard of them. Yeah, you would know enough about pathfinding and the Feywild and stuff just to know that, you know, they they do do a lot of that kind of guiding, not guiding through the Feywild, but they can traverse the paths that, that where the Feywild crosses with this world. So, but that would be kind of basic knowledge that they are very much those that walk right on the edge of the plains and in between them. Okay, and... I will make a comment, like, the one downside to that robe is exactly how I found you. Once you know that you're looking for the thing you can't look at, it's fairly easy to follow it. I mean, um, uh, is, I mean, yeah, I guess. She kind of just awkwardly looks down at her drink, which she has not had a sip of at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just, so Chernos just kind of picks up on it and is a little bit like, no, no, I offered as a friend, like, if I were you, when you're going through the city inside the city, I would maybe stop the cloak and then you're just an elf. It doesn't really stop. It just, it, it is. Hmm. Very interesting. With all of this awkward pausing and whatnot in between conversation, both of you go ahead and roll me a perception check. I have a charisma of seven. Give me a break. <laughs> That's okay. My perception roll is going to be probably that. <laughs> oh, no. Fim dear, what is yours? 19. 19. Mine all right. is three. Okay. Uh, you hear during one of the awkward pauses where you're just kind of swirling your drink just a little bit, just kind of for something to do. Um, do you notice that a particular... Uh, let's go ahead and roll up race here. So you notice that um, a dwarf kind of comes in, which is a little bit odd. Dwarves are mostly known for drinking stouter drinks in the morning than a cup of coffee. But, you know, he might add some dwarven stouts to it to make it more palatable. Um, but you see that a dwarf kind of gruffly comes in and and sits down and begins drinking some sort of caffeinated beverage, and the bags underneath his eyes are, are big enough that they pretty much meet with his beard. Um, and you can tell that he's been up for, you know, several days at this point. Uh, he pulls out a, uh, a notebook kind of a thing, and you can see that it's got scratchings on it. Can you read Dwarven, either of you? I can read everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pact of the Runekeeper, or Eyes of the Runekeeper. Okay, you can see that he's scratching something on his, uh, down in his notebook, and he definitely seems to be out of sorts big time. Uh, you know, dwarves aren't going to openly cry in front of people, but if there was ever, like, tears in a dwarf's eyes, this would be that moment. He is definitely down and out, and you can see, despite the fact that he's drinking the coffee as quickly as is possible, given the heat of it, uh, he's still nearly falling asleep in his book. 
and he would be maybe a table or two tables away, pretty close, within about ten feet. Um, so you can definitely see that he is distressed. Cherno, you would probably notice that he sat down, but probably not the more subtle things uh, at this point. He would probably be like behind you, kind of catty corner a little bit, so you don't have a great view of him unless you turn around and look. I Cherno would do nothing because with that roll of a three, he's only vaguely aware there is a thing there. <laughs> yeah. Femdir, would you make any kind of moves or, you know, point him out or do anything? Yeah, just kind of watch him. I'm very obviously looking at him. So, yeah. Yeah, Cherno, you would see that Femdir's attention is clearly diverted onto something else and not just the whole, this is awkward, I'm going to look off into the distance. You can tell that she's focused on something. And uh, you turn around and take a look and all those same details pop out at you. But uh, what you do notice is when he's kind of halfway fallen asleep on the page and and whatnot there enough of the book shows that uh you can see um that he's cataloging a list of places within port city and names of people and kind of they've all have a scratch through them as if he's crossing them off uh and you can see written on the top and you know circled and doodled around several times is a dwarven name uh the name is oh i know it's not dwarven but i don't care i like it is athena <laughs> I know, it fits right. very well with Hades, but uh, first name that popped up on the generator. So, I, I'm feeling the awkwardness because I have a very high charisma and would probably pick up on the fact that uh, Fimdir is not enjoying our chat. Well, I guess, what is Fimdir's reaction? Is, just, is she interested? Is she curious? What kind of thing? Curious, observant. Keep an eye. So, Cherno would just look to her and very bluntly be like, do you want to go see what's up? See, so she kind of looks up just for a brief moment and then kind of um, just is like, I, I, I don't usually interact. I usually just watch people. Well, this gives you a chance to interact much more closely. And without waiting for consent, waiting for agreement, <laughs> anything, Cherno just gets up and goes over to the dwarf and just says, you look like you could use a triple espresso. Yeah, you see the dwarf kind of startle awake as if he didn't, uh, you know, really mean to fall asleep like he did. Uh, so the dwarf looks up at you and uh, he says, My daughter has unfortunately gone missing and I'm I'm trying to, to do the best I can to find her, but it's been four days and I haven't slept yet and I don't, I don't know where else to go or search for. Have you worked with anyone? I think the Temple Guild might be able to get you a locate spell. I tried it and it didn't work. I'm I'm running out of funds at this point. I I came here to sell my wares as best I could. I'm from the Fire Isles, uh, from uh, cliffs right outside of Talonarth. But unfortunately, uh, I, when I came this way, I didn't bring near what I could with me. And so most of my wealth is still there. But I, I'm not leaving the city until I find what happened to my daughter. It was her first time here, and I, I, I can't imagine leaving until, until we find her. The Temple's Guild is also very busy. So is the Fighter's Guild and the Merchant's Guild, and, and all the guilds are busy trying to figure out what's happening to all these disappearing people. It's not the first one that... Not, she's not the first one to go missing. Hal's slowly come up around the other side, quietly, with my cloak on. Okay, yeah, he doesn't even notice. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear this. This is the first I've heard of any missing people. Uh, is there anything we can assist with? If you could help me find her, it'd be a blessing. I, 
I don't have any money to to prove that I can pay you, but but I can pay you uh, uh, as soon as I as soon as she's found and I make my way back to the Fire Isles. I can pay you, or I can craft anything that you need. I just need to get her back. If you could help me find her, it would be a great service. Well, I tend to believe the best currency is a good favor, so let's. I'm here to help if I can. Yes, uh, any favor I can grant, I I will. Uh, She disappeared while we were selling goods. I I sent her back. I was just finishing the deal uh, and shaking on the price, and I sent her out to unhitch the wagon or to unload the wagon to get started. And when I returned, she wasn't there. The box just looked like it fell on the ground as if it had been dropped. Um, I I would like to, while he's talking, I, I want to try and sleight of hand and put something in his belongings or his, or his bags. Or if, okay. he, if he's just got a belt pouch or something. Yeah, if you're slipping something in, he's very distracted and exhausted, so uh, you would have advantage on that. Okay, that's a natural 20. <laughs> okay, yeah. You you could, like, do the whole hilarious Skyrim thing where you pickpocket his entire gear and he wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, okay. no, you're a- very easily able to slip whatever you want into his pocket. I'm going to slip 100 gold. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Yeah. yeah, you're very easily able to do that, and he, he doesn't even notice. It's kind of just adjusts his weight a bit. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, he was he was kind of getting ready to. He was kind of leaning on the table, as exhausted as he was anyway. And so his one hand was was kind of on it, and so it, he didn't re- yeah. notice the the difference. And uh, at this point, I've got the information I want, so I will just quietly slip back to my table. Okay. Uh, curse my passive perception. So I would look back at the table and probably assume Fimdir never moved. I wave. Just be like, oh, she didn't come over. Weird. All right. Be like, well. Here's my card, I guess. And it'd be just kind of like a calling card. Turnover of Tangler's uh, Temple Districts, that kind of thing. Okay. And I'd say, here's my information. If you can, once you go home and get a rest, give me some, like, the, what you just told me, but written down with any other details and a copy of what work you've done. I absolutely will get started on this, and I might even throw a posting up on the job board to see if we can get a few more eyes on it. Yes, I'd, I'd be more than happy to to help you with what I can, uh, but this is all that I have. And he reaches into his pouch, and he kind of stops, and he's like, what? And he kind of pulls off his money pouch and slaps it down on the table, and there's a bunch of gold in there, uh, plus like two silver and eight copper. Uh, you know, just a paltry amount without that hundred gold. Uh, and he's like, I, 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 I must be losing it. Yeah, I could... Very easily pay you uh, this sum and more if if you can do this here. Here's uh, five gold to to post the job as a as a starting reward because uh, that would you would know that would be several days wages uh, in the city here for this posting because you would need to post with one of the guilds. But yeah, so he gives you the five gold and he says if if you're on it, then I'll get to I'll get some sleep. I know I'm not doing any good in the current state that I'm in. I just can't I can't not do this without knowing somebody else is out there looking for her. We'll, we'll take care of this as quickly as we can. And I'm going to go grab him effectively like a sleepy time tea. <laughs> yes, all the chamomile. <laughs> yes, a chamomile, chamomile lavender stout, if I can find one nearby. <laughs> I'm sure they've got it somewhere. Or at least <laughs> I've had it as a, I've had lavender ale and it's tasty. 
Okay, yeah, then I'm going to go ahead and say that you're able to find some uh, sleepy time ale. <laughs> and it's got enough alcohol potency to peel paint off a wall. So keeping it very far away from my flames, <laughs> <laughs> I'll grab that and go back to sitting down with Fimdir. Okay, yeah, you grab that. He heads off towards the nearest inn, stumbling as he uh, goes, and uh, you sit back down. Uh, as, as I see you coming, I quickly pick up my uh, my coffee cup, toss the contents out behind me, and just start sipping it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, yeah. Uh, Cherno, you just sit down and see that she must have been really chugging the coffee back during that conversation, because it's almost completely gone when you sit down. <laughs> Can I please? It won't work, but roll a perception on that. Go for it. Yep, it didn't work. Alright, that guy is officially put into prison. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'll just sit down and be like, sorry about that interruption. I almost forgot. I'm just here to learn a bit more about your friend Danderbin. Like, I know so little about him other than he is as altruistic as it comes. Altruistic is a word that is used by some people to describe some things. <laughs> I would, I've heard him described as very giving and kind of heart. He's certainly given a lot of people, he's, he's given a lot of people a lot of things. Um, headaches, bear traps, lingering injuries. So Turtle would look almost shocked because this isn't in alignment with anything he's heard about him. Yeah. Alright, yeah. After a while of sitting there, you do notice that it's beginning to clear out a little bit. The um, noon rush is going to be getting here fairly soon, uh, so a lot of the coffee-type stuff is starting to shut down, and many of the food stalls and whatnot are beginning to open up on the rest of the area, so it's beginning to get closer to noontime at this point. Would you guys uh, want to part ways here, or do you want to try and do any kind of work with this uh, dwarven uh, disappearance, or what would you like to do? I guess it would depend on how uncomfortable Fimdir is looking at this point. As that's my secret cap, I'm always uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so then, trying to be a decent, you know, humanoid, Cherno uh, would definitely let be like, "All right, I have taken up enough of your time." Thank you so much for taking the time to just talk with me, and I welcome our new budding friendship. You should probably know one thing, though. What's that? Um, is that's not the first disappearance. There have been several disappearances going on for quite a while, although they've been picking up in intensity and frequency. I hadn't heard anything of that. What else? Like, who's disappearing? Quite a few individuals. I, I don't exactly have my notes with me that regard. Yeah, you would be able to recall um, the Kenku that disappeared, um, and I believe you guys investigated a goblin? Yeah, yeah the goblin alchemist, and those were the two that you investigated with uh, Thorun and Aura. Other than that, you would just know that there had been others, but not the specifics behind them. No, in regards to what we were able to figure out, there was only really one uniting factor. What was that? It wasn't location, it wasn't circumstance wasn't necessarily any motive against them. It was just that they were very intelligent. Just intelligent? Just they are smart? Capable. Capable. Hmm. Yeah, I guess both of them would have been magic users that uh, you guys found. So yeah, they would have been very uh, high potential magic users. So 
do you think this has anything to do with uh, magic versus non-magic prejudice that I've heard about and, and like seen? I don't know. I've not personally been involved in such thing. I'm I can't use magic myself, but that wasn't too much of an issue from where I was from. I <laughs> it might surprise you. I say sarcastically, but I'm from the Fire Isles, and magic is common, but not always welcome there. If I got that right, Bob. Yep, depending on what kind of magic it is, magic users are harder to control, so the very draconian laws of Fireport would kind of frown upon uh, the very public use of magic, unless it was in service of uh, Belios. So, uh, kind of make a comment and almost a wince, like, I, I remember too clearly that magic isn't always considered a gift, and maybe it has something to do with that. I mean... It's always possible, but it seems far too methodical for it to be mere prejudice. Oh, hmm. Definitely something to think about. Mind letting me know if you learn more? I suppose. I am. I will keep you in mind. Yes. <clears throat> well, if you do ever want to connect or grab some delicious baked goods, here's my card, and I'll pass it on. What does the card say? Uh, just Cherno of Tangor's uh, Temple of Knowledge. <laughs> you never said what you did. I'm a documancer with the Temple of Knowledge. A documancer. A documancer. I specialize in creating contracts. Fimdir gives you back a slip of paper that has a phone number on it that's a few digits short. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Given my whole career is based off reading things and recognizing errors, I'd probably catch up to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. I'll slip away the card. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. If you ever need someone to go through a written document, I promise I'm very competent. I usually don't trust anything that's on paper. <laughs> and I don't trust much that isn't. But with that, I will bid you adieu. Okay. Metaterms, Fimdir, if you'd like, we can uh, record a little bit later on tonight um, after, you know, you've had some time to wake up and whatnot. Uh, and we'll finish off your downtime days if that's okay with you. I'm going I'm to wait for him to, like, to do that. Maybe like he bells something or he like, glances away and I just stealth. <laughs> I'm going to see what I roll there. Ah, da 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 da. Okay. Yep. That is um, plus eight. One, two, that's 27. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then, Cherno, uh, seeing Fimdir vanish into nothingness, uh, what would you like to do from here? I think I would actually just recognize that as this telltale thing of Fimdir, because I think w- somebody in my group game mentioned that. It's just like Cherno, or just like Fimdir to do that. So I think what. Honestly, having watched her do the disappearing act enough times, I still don't think Cherno would even look around for her. Just expect her to just vanish. Misty steps, something like that. So he's actually going to make a beeline for the Justice Temple. Okay. Uh, he He's going to keep following that line of thought that maybe this is a group targeting magic users. And in meta terms, I'm thinking like he's going along the lines of um, Legend of Korra. Anon and his whole cult. Yeah. Okay, so you head over to the Justice Temple, and um, they, after you inquire a little bit about it, they're like, well, 
technically nobody's broken the law. We can't, you know, prove there's any kidnapping. We we can't prove that they haven't just run away. So it's not actually under our jurisdiction. Uh, we've been referring everybody that we're able to over to the divination temple, but I know they are completely overrun with requests to find missing people uh, at this point, especially in the last couple weeks for some reason. But um, as far as we know, no crimes have been committed. Uh, the sparse details we have is that they just all of a sudden aren't there anymore. I was more actually wondering if you guys are hearing increased reports of anti-magic rioters or protesters or lobbyists. Not really. Uh, the Tinker's Guild and the Mage's Guild are always getting into petty squabbles and there's always some sort of clockwork machination and some sort of of exploding dove that uh, lands in the Tinker's Guild. They're, they're always messing with each other, but nothing um, extremely violent has happened in a very long time. That's interesting. Okay. Holiday's done that. What time of day is it? Uh, let's see. At this point, I said lunchtime when you left the coffee shop, so it would be just after lunch-ish time. So one, two o'clock. Well, speaking, he now knows he needs to have some better access to good food locations. Totally unimpressed with that sundoes. Uh, <laughs> he's going to start scouting out more food places around town and listening around for rumors and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, you would know that there are several locations, depending on your budget. Some of the crazier ones that have opened up include Hamich's Sandwiches, which is run by a grung chef, which you would know is basically like, rather than having pufferfish, letting the pufferfish be the chef. Equally poisonous, but, you know, who knows. Other than that, you would know that pretty much the market has every food that you can possibly imagine. All right. And... Charno's going to go back to the Temple of Knowledge and try and do a little bit more research on his disappearance and that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, you head back to the Temple of Knowledge. Um, the Temple of Knowledge would say that they have gotten all sorts of requests for books on finding missing peoples. Uh, the divination section of the library is the shelves are basically bare. Uh, everything along those lines. But as far as knowledge on people disappearing, they have the periodicals of the newspapers and whatnot. Uh, and it appears there isn't any real connection that they can find between uh, race, class, uh, abilities, anything, uh, locations, times, anything like that. It all appears to be extremely random, except for the fact that everybody that is taken is very exceptional at something. Uh, be it a brilliant mind, be it a refined craftsperson, be it a uh, very studious engineer they are all very exceptional in something but other than that there isn't any other real common factor and are there any reports coming from places outside of port city yes all over the elemental islands and they're getting reports from the mainland and the kang islands but unfortunately because of the distance between the continents it's pretty slow getting that news but it appears to be worldwide yeah i think for the end of the day can't make any more progress on my Shadow Guild goal. And I guess I can see what other use I can be to the Temple's Guild for now. Okay. Um, just doing kind of basic money, menial tours kind of a thing to make some cash, or do you want to do some information digging? Uh, we'll just do the menial stuff to keep building good faith and make people associate me with the Temple's Guild. 
Okay. Since you were already digging for information and, you know, looking through some of the periodicals and that kind of stuff, they have you help organize those by uh, what newspaper it is coming from uh, what country. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, you help organize those periodicals by uh, location, by uh, date, all that kind of stuff. And for your uh, work in the afternoon and evening hours, it would come to eight silver pieces is what you would make. Okay. All right, so then uh, anything else you'd like to do in the late evening before calling it a night? Um, I guess see if I got the letter from the dwarf, and that is all. All right, yeah, you would have all the information that um, the dwarf would give you about uh, his daughter. She was apparently kind of an apprentice of his. Uh, He's a smith, obviously, and uh, she was very, very talented at creating finer metalwork, um, making uh, circulates and uh, bracers and very fine metalwork, and was on her way to actually going down the... Uh, kind of enchanter type path she didn't have much magic in her but the work that she did was very permeable to magic Uh, so it was very easy for enchanters to then take it and uh, go from there with it other than that she disappeared like I said from uh, the market or from the merchant's guild area after the uh, father had made a deal sold the goods Uh, she just kind of disappeared was there any other information that you asked from him? No, just what he had, like who else he had investigated, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, he checked with all the major guilds. They were all super busy. Um, they kind of helped out a little bit, but that was, you know, the extent of what they could do. All right. Um, yeah, that's about it, I think. Okay. Uh, so then, let's see, it would be the morning of the 27th, I believe. Fair enough. Uh, then we'll meet back in a bit or at least message. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild. And there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.